It's a $10,000 buy-in south of the border, way south of the border. In South America, it's the Party Poker South American Main Event Championship. And we enter a three-way pot featuring some hands that start pretty big, get pretty small, all the things in between where decisions are made that just baffle the mind. And we don't know. How are we going to break this down, Jonathan? I don't know. We're going to have to figure it out the best way we can because what the hell? This time on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. I think, you know, you really had something there for, for a while. Oh yeah. yeah. I think you, I think you, you like, it was like you were riding the, the bucking Bronco, you know, you're like one of those cowboys riding and you were you know, like, Oh my God, he's going to break the record. You're really holding on and holding on. And then you got tossed near the end. You know, oh, you're like, okay, how, how, how are we going to break this down? It was sort of where I felt like you lost it a little bit, but yeah, overall, yeah. That, was, that was pretty good. You know, it's tough. Cause I yeah. often, as you listeners who listen a lot, know Jonathan does almost all of the openings. And as you can hear, as you listen to this, Jonathan doesn't sound quite as good as me because of our sound setup. We're remote because of the old, uh, big old virus that's ruining everybody's lives. So because of that, we felt like you could use a little, like, Nice soothing audio to start instead of Jonathan's crappy sounding audio that you're going to have to deal with when he talks throughout the podcast. It's not that bad. It's probably fine. It's probably fine. I mean, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, it is uh, the Party Poker Millions South America Championship, 10K buy-in. And uh, a couple of these players in this hand, they seem pretty amateur, Jonathan, the way they play the hand. Yeah. There is no way that it's a three-way pot. Uh, and there's no way two of these guys are not ranking amateurs, as I say. Like, there's there's decisions that are made almost immediately by both of them that make it clear that they're not pros. They just pros would never make some of these decisions. Period. Right. And uh, I mean, n- non Andy Black pros. I should say Andy Black <laughs> might do these things. Maybe, maybe. I mean, so these decisions, like sometimes it's fun to get into a hand between Christoph Vogelsang and Ola Shemian, but it's also, I think, instructive and useful to try to navigate these situations with bad players as well, players who are inexperienced. And one of the players in the three-way situation is Marty, who is actually quite good. Um, Not the Marty from Poker Time, for those of you who are also (laughs) Poker Time viewers. He's a a guy who's had a lot of success, like 1.6 million in earnings, something like that, including winning this very event the previous year (coughs) that it was held. Yeah, this is Marty Mathis. He also um, plays some of the high rollers, at least in this and the South America uh, stuff. He plays the Party Poker UK Millions. He, he's on the Party Poker circuit at this point and is like a, a reg, at least, and is at least doing reasonably well, for sure. He's competent and reasonable and fine. At a minimum, right. he's fine. He may be better than that, but at least pretty good. These yeah, other two so. guys, I don't think these other two guys have as, have as good a hand in. I'm, it's possible these guys don't have a hand in of any yeah. sort at all. These. There's a Hugo and Carlos are going to be his opponents and. We didn't do the hand, but we have watched a hand that was suggested to us of Carlos calling the river with Jack high because he misread his hand, like in a huge spot, huge spot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's Carlos. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not good. It's not good. You don't want to be doing There's that. A, 
best practices are in a really big spot. Once it's on you, especially if someone's like, if you're, if you know, you're either calling or folding and never raising, look at your cards before you put the chips in one last time. If it's a big spot, you know, or unless you know a hundred percent what you have, which I guess is fine too, but like, it's okay to look at your cards again. If, if you're, if you're never raising, you know, also, if you're not sure what your hand is, even if you are going to maybe raise, you should probably look. You could actually always look at your cards. Actually, when it's on you on the river, that would be fine too. You know what I mean? To remind yourself, it's okay to do that. Um, just always look. I What I always do personally, I, um, let's say I raise pre-flop and they're a call or two cards or whatever like that. Once everything is like set, the, the dealer pulls the pot and I always look at my cards again and tell myself what the cards are and what the suits are. So then I have it and then I don't have to ever look again. You know what I mean? And it's really easy to know if I have the ace of hearts or not, you know, which one was the heart? Cause I just said it to myself just before the hand started, but still in a really big spot where someone goes all in the river or someone check raises all in the flop. I look before I put the chips in almost always, almost always. Yeah. You know, Sometimes you're really not. sure. Like you flopped rare. aces full. You're yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. Like I know I have two aces. I just looked at it twice in the last 30 seconds. And the guy just shipped on me. Like I can call. That's fine. You know? Yep. Anyway, anyway, Carlos, this is a spoiler, but he's not going to misread his hand this time. I don't think actually <laughs> I can't, I can't guarantee that based on the actions that he takes. It's possible that he did. Spoiler. That's right. There's no one as far as we don't think anyone misread their hand. It's true. We don't, we don't think so. Uh, although that's good. Based on the pre-flop play, I might think Hugo must've misread his hand. And based on the post-flop play, I might, I might think Carlos must've misread his hand, but you know, we'll get to that in a bit. Um, yeah. Another little note on this one. We're not going to be using the solver. The solver does not work for three-way pots. Uh, sometimes you can make it work if it's like three ways to the turn and kind of engineer a situation, but it it works hard enough as it is with just two players. Imagine how many elements it adds to add a third player, how many variables it adds. The technology is just not there yet to do multi-way pots. Or the, co- the computing power, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a supercomputer, but you know we don't have access to one of those. Not since the virus shut us all down. Yeah, we were really close. Poker guys almost had the, a quantum computer, but damn virus. We are recording this on March 25th, by the way, for the sake, we should probably say that for the sake of posterity, because with yeah. the way the, the world is moving so quickly, the situation everybody's in is moving so quickly. It's going to be a couple of weeks before this comes out. So just so you guys know, every viewpoint that we take and everything that we say is related to March 25th. And right. So if we say something that ends up being deeply offensive or upsetting on, you know, mid-August, but March 25th, everyone, no one would have known, like, don't hold it against us. We didn't know. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, hard to predict which way things are going to go. So hopefully the thing I'm about to say is not going to be offensive or at least more offensive when you listen to this, because it's mm. clearly going to be offensive either way. This was suggested by two of the only good Australians, Ben Page <sighs> and Mark Testart. Man. You are really, you hate, it's weird. Even <laughs> in a time of world crisis, you hate Australia. It's, yeah. It's, at least you're consistent, I guess. I'm just guess tired of their that. panini presses and their spaghetti. Oh, wait, I'm thinking <laughs> of somebody else. <laughs> I think I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, no. no, actually, I love Australians. I think they're a wonderful people. Oh, yeah. This is the classic grant. Can't give everyone, if anyone hates me for a second, I'm going to wither up and die. So I better make sure everyone knows I'm kidding. Classic. <laughs> Sorry. Are you Australian? Like, what, what is this about? <laughs> I mean, I've spent time in Australia, if that's what you're asking. Does Mr. that make you Australian? 
I mean, in a way, aren't we all Australian? I, I spent a week in New York. Am I a New Yorker? Would New Yorkers love hearing me say that? New Yorkers certainly would say you are, you are not a New Yorker. As someone who spent seven years there, uh, you're not a New Yorker. Why? So, I spent a week there. Yeah. So the same. Look at you. Same logic. Ben Page and Mark Testar, the good Australians. Yeah, that's right. Two, two of the best. They suggested it on Twitter. They included YouTube links and timestamps. We are the Poker Guys on Twitter at the number two Poker Guys. That is where you suggest if you want to suggest a hand. And we do hope it. you do. We, uh, we know a lot of people are sitting around right now with a lot of things to watch on TV. If you're watching some poker and you see a hand that you want us to break down, please shoot it on over. We'd love to hear from you. Great. Definitely do that. All right. Let's get to the hand. 25K and 50K are the blinds. We are nowhere near the money. We are not near the beginning of the tournament either. That means we're kind of in the middle, Jonathan. I think it's day down. two. I'm pretty Something sure it's like day that, two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 25K, 50K, Marty, who is the good player in the hand, has 8.7 million. Riding high, feeling good. You know, yeah. Approaching that 200 big blind plateau, which you can never get past. You know, I'm kidding. That's not a rule against it's that. Anyway, 8.7 8. million, right? Yeah, 8.7. Yeah. Okay. That's a damn a fine stack. Yeah. 174 right. blinds. Yep. Lord. Always, he's gonna, always nice. He's going to min open in the cutoff with Ace of Clubs, Jack of Spades to 100K. Fine. Most people make a bigger yeah. at the stage of the tournament, but whatever. He prob- Based on the people on his left, he probably is like, what's the point of making it bigger? <laughs> I could do the same thing. with this. I mean, I think that's probably right. I think that's probably right. So here's Hugo on his left on the button, and uh, he's going to start off doing what I will call an anti-poker guy special, the type of play that Jonathan and I hate fundamentally more than most types of plays. With yeah. three, 3.2 million, he flats the button with ace of spades, seven of clubs. So go ahead. I'm trying to think the last time I did this in any situation, and of course I can't think of it, I'm going to guess it's more than 10 years ago. <laughs> the last time I called with a seven off, like when the cutoff opened and I'm on the button. I can't really think of a way in a tournament setting anyway, but probably in any set. I can't ever, it's been so, it's, it's so clearly awful to do in, against pretty much any opponent, any time. I guess you could be against the widest of the wide who opens the cutoff and never folds and will four bet light and stuff like that. I guess you could decide to flat sometimes on the button, I guess. But like that's not happening here. And that almost never happens really. And it's almost always more profitable. But the hand that is gets itself in so much trouble post flop when it, when it, by the way, it rarely flops anything good anyway. And when it does, it's often in trouble because it, the only time the pot is big, it's usually crushed. Yeah, right, that's all. There's a lot of reasons that a seven off is not a great hand and you just make it a lot worse by playing it this way. That's right. Pretty clear three better fold, but whatever Hugo flats again, he started with 3.2 million. So 64 blinds Carlos our uh, misreader of hands is in the big blind. He's got 555 K. So just 11 blinds, not, not doing yeah. so hot right now. He's got no. eight, nine off. And I actually like this decision by Carlos. He flats. I think that's the right yep, thing to do here. That is like in the old days, like six years ago, I think people were not calling here and they were actually folding too much. Um, but everyone eventually figured out that the prod odds are really good and you don't have to fold. And yeah. I think he's supposed to call. 
Yeah. I mean, it seems pretty clear. Like shoving feels bad here with eight, nine off at this point. Yeah. Whereas in like 2012, I would have been like, Oh, it's a shove spot or a fold spot. Like calling I mean, the good news on is on the table. Sorry. The good news is at least like there's a squeeze thing happening, but with, when you, when the really good player opens with 11 blinds in the cutoff and you've got 11 blinds in the big blind, usually he has a hand he can call you with. He's usually not opening yeah. hands. He can't call you with. you know, usually. So, and the thing is, he's going to, especially considering he's got 200 blinds, he's calling with like, like ace two suited and stuff like that. Like he's not folding any of that stuff. Right. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's a totally the right play. Good job, Carlos, to just call. So I'm far, Carlos is doing okay. I am wondering if that's going to continue. Well, Hugo has already shown himself to be a rank amateur by yeah. flatting a seven off on the button. We'll see. And we know Carlos called a, with Jack high in a really big pot at some point in this tournament when he shouldn't have. So yeah. So, so yeah, Marty's in a great wanna, spot. If you want to be the Marty among these people, probably you should go sign up for nitrogen sports poker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is a really good time to do it too. It actually is. If you're cooped up inside, you know, nitrogen is Bitcoin only poker site. Uh, they also have, you know, casino games and sometimes sports betting, like usually sports betting, but you know, right now there's not so much sport going on, but they certainly do have that in the future. If you sign up, and if you use the link in the description of this podcast, you get access to our special Poker Guys monthly tournament, which is an incredible deal. It's like a 90% overlay every time. Yeah, like literally a 90% overlay. Like, they like 10% of the 10% of the buy-in is the field and 90% is the overlay That's of the pot. Yeah, they're just giving money away every single month, but you have to sign up using the link in the description of this podcast to be able to access that tournament it's a really great site. Also great saying it's Bitcoin only you get your money out in 90 minutes when you want to draw, when you want to withdraw that days ahead of everybody else. I mean, it's kind of a yeah. big deal. You, I keep hearing about the other sites that, that people are playing on crashing because you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. demand for online poker right now. What does that mean for their Bitcoin processing payouts? Like I, I don't have any information on this or data on this, but I, this is just genuinely wondering right now because they all, uh, for some reason, unknown reason, the other sites all make you wait like, 48 hours to four days, even when it's Bitcoin, which we know can move within 90 minutes. And we know nitrogen does it that way. If they have to actually do internal processing and their servers are all messed up because of whatever BS system they have in place, what does that mean for their payouts? You know, I've also seen with some of the apps specifically, the way you get paid out is like a person pays you. So you like, there's a lot of weird trust stuff going on there where I don't know if you guys have met anyone in the poker community, but the poker community is full of degenerates who absolutely yep. owe money and are like, there's some trustworthy people, of course, but there are a lot of untrustworthy people. And I would really be concerned about getting paid uh, on any kind of regular basis. And that's something nitrogen nitrogen has been paying out in 90 minutes for years and years and years. They're a huge company. There's no concern there at all. Like we've never had an issue with them. We've never heard of anyone having an issue with them. So, yep. Highly recommend it. Use the link in the description when you sign up that tells them that you came from us and it also gives you access to that tournament. Right on. All right. Back to the hand. We have Marty in the cutoff as the aggressor with ace, jack off ace of clubs, jack of spades, Hugo flatting the button with ace seven or ace seven offsuit Carlos with eight, nine off in the big blind aces, eight of spades, nine of hearts. The flop is ace of diamonds, seven of diamonds, six of hearts. So little something for everybody here, especially Hugo, who flops top two, Carlos with an open-ender, and Marty with a, a good top pair here. I mean, this is kind of set up for, like, some serious fireworks, this flop. It really is. And uh, 
You know, if Hugo had just three bet this hand, I'm pretty sure Marty would have called. And I know it's like, you don't want that as an outcome, but one thing that could have happened is like Hugo probably gets all in on the flop or turn at this point. Um, I don't know if that's really true. I don't know if Marty's going to play it that way against a three bet and a three bet spot to get all in. Um, but Hugo's going to win a, it's going to be in great shape if he three bets this for sure. Right. Nonetheless, he's in great shape anyway. He's in awesome shape. It's kind of a dream spot in its own way. Although, you know, there's obviously cards he has to dodge here too. He has to dodge 11 outs. Not like nothing. Well, here's what Carlos is going to do. Again, he's flopped open-ended. He's just going to go ahead and lead into his opponents, which feels like a mistake to me. Yeah, He's going to bet 125. Terrible. He started the hand with 555K. There's 375 in the pot. He's just going to lead 125 with his 8-9 here. Yeah, do I think? don't know what that's about. It feels like on this board and an ace-high board, Marty's the kind of guy who's almost always going to fire at the ace high board. If he's got an ace, he's not folding anyway. We might as well be trying to check raise all in and, you know, let Marty bet. Actually, if we do that, it's going to work out really well. Probably if we check Marty's going to bet most of the time, Hugo's probably going to raise and then Carlos can get away from this hand and have to put another chip in. Well, I'm not sure Carlos would get away in that case. No, well, Carlos, but, but he probably should. He probably he be should given right? the opportunity to get away. Yeah. Right. But instead by betting 125, you set yourself up for all this really weird stuff. Like, what do you do if you get moved in on? Now you're not getting the right price to call. What like, if you do? What, what do you do if you get called and a deuce of clubs comes on the turn? You just move in then, I you guess. Have to like, shove. I think you just shove. Yeah, but I, I uh, really like a check shove as a plan a lot better than that. Yeah, let's capture the value from the King Jacks and King Queens of the world that are going to fire at once. Like the dream is Marty bets, Hugo folds, Carlos shoves, Marty folds. That's the dream, right? Like, let's yep. give that a chance to happen instead of bet 125. And I don't even know. Like, like we're not going to fold out any. Like, if, if Marty has queens, he's not folding. He's probably not folding anyway if he has queens, honestly. But, um, but we give him, like, no chance to fold if he has queens this way. Right. I don't know. It just seems so bad. It does. Well, Marty, I guess, has some ideas about Carlos and what it means when Carlos leads small. And uh, he's probably right, is my guess. Uh, that it's usually like a draw or middle pair or something like, you know, the typical stuff that an amateur would have when they lead in a spot like this. So Marty with his ace jack is going to raise, which is a very interesting decision and not something you would commonly see by a good player. I mean, I disagree with you a bit here. Like Carlos only has 10 blinds at this point and bets yeah. and Marty has got top pair with a good kicker, which rates to be the best hand. He's getting in against all the better hands that Carlos has anyway. He just, you just want to knock out uh, Hugo and get it all in right now with Carlos. I, I think it's actually pretty standard. I don't think it's I don't think it's that unusual because of the stack size of Carlos. I guess that's fair, but I also think that if if uh, we had a range of a good player in Marty's hand, it would be a less profitable thing to do. I agree with that. I'm sure you're right there. That does make sense. So I don't know, like if, if Jason, if you, Coon, like if you and I, if you sorry, if if you're in the big blind and you lead 125, I'd be really concerned about that because. What the hell? Are, what the hell do you have, right? So you're right. Like, so so part of it is the fact that he's an amateur. But like, if if Carlos is really really deep, I don't know if Marty's always raising here. He probably yeah. is raising sometimes mm. anyway. But but I think he's always raising when Carlos has ten blinds back. I guess maybe that makes sense. Anyway, he does makes it three hundred k. So yeah. what do you want to do if you're Hugo? You flop top two. You started the hand with three point two million, so you're still far from at risk in any way. Obviously, you're not folding. The question is flatting or raising. Right. 
it's actually, it's an interesting spot. You know, it's not necessarily automatic. I mean, I would assume we have the best hand pretty much always. I wouldn't be worried about that. Yeah. Like if we don't, we don't. So be it. It's a super wet board. Not super wet. It's a pretty wet board though, right? Six, seven of diamonds. Sorry. Six of hearts, seven of diamonds, eight of diamonds, ace of diamonds. So there's straight draws. There's flush draws potentially out there. Um, there's a, there's an ace out there as well. We could have draws when we, if we put in a three bet right now, right? If we had the nine eight of diamonds, which is a hand that really makes sense for us to have. Yeah. Like we flatted on the button. That's the kind of hand we're supposed to be flatting with. <laughs> like it's not so bad. Like we, we probably put in a race sometimes here. Maybe, maybe we never would as Carlos. Maybe Carlos doesn't have a three betting range here, you know? You mean Hugo? I think this is a pretty good time to raise. We can, we also don't want um, Carlos to be drawing so cheap if he's got, you know, a straight draw or a flush draw or something like that. Let's like put him to an actual decision. Yeah. I mean, it's a raise and never fold though, which, you know, the range we're getting it in against, against Marty is not ideal, but it's, it can't be that bad. Right. I mean, I, you're, I mean, right. When Marty has six, six, ace, ace or seven, seven, he's probably just going to re-raise. Um, but Marty also has probably like the eight, nine of diamonds and combo draws, which is at least okay, but you're right. Not amazing. I don't think Marty's ever going to put in another race with hands that are losing to us right now, except maybe a six suited. And, and even that he probably, he might just call. And combo draws, like you were saying, which is not currently. I'm saying, I'm saying he won't put in another race with anything. Um, oh yeah. Cause we're beating combo draws. You're right. Yeah. Of course. I'm sorry. Yeah. But the hand, hands, sorry, hands that were crushing though. But hands that we're crushing, yeah, it's like a six. But we're not crushing combo draws, right? Like fifty-fifty or slightly better against. Combo. You're such an optimist, man. You're like, yeah, combo draws are already there. They're already there. <laughs> you right. have to believe. I just mean I'm just thinking about equity when I say this. But you're totally right. Like we can live with the combo draw getting in it. Um, we're blocking most of the stuff we're beat by. We only have sixty-four blinds, right? It isn't like we have to be super protective. We don't have two hundred blinds. Which I like, oh my god, if I get it in, it's a complete disaster. I disagree. Now, maybe that's not true for Hugo, but in my mind, in this day two of a 10K, 64 blinds is a, a really good stack. It's a really decent stack. Like that's, sure, a, that's a stack you, worth protecting. Uh, of course it is. But I'm saying like 200 blinds, you have to be really careful in this spot not to go broke. Like yeah. it's a big disaster to go broke with 200 blinds. If you raise here and Marty moves you in, you're not folding, right? No. So that's what I'm saying. So like, that's because right. we have 64 blinds. That's all. Like we can, guess, we're like, all right, well, I can go with this game. Well, that changes Marty's range too. If we had 200 blinds raised and, and Marty effectively moved us in somehow, that would be well, more of a signal that Marty is likely to have us destroyed, right? Uh, even, even if he just put in a four bet, it doesn't have to be moving in, right? He just puts in a four bet, which is like, and that, that, that gets pretty scary suddenly. Like I can understand why you'd want to be more pot controlly and a little more careful and stuff. Maybe let a card come off to see if like it's a brick or not. Because you're like, well, if Marty has a combo draw, he's not folding, and the pot's going to get really big, and I'm not going to know what to do. But if the brick, if like the deuce of clubs comes on the turn, I could raise pretty comfortably, and you know, like spring the trap sort of, and maybe push him off a lot of his hands that are really strong. That that can't really call a raise then, you know, or at least give him the wrong price. So, do you mostly prefer a raise here then, as as Hugo? I do, I do. I, with uh, with our stack size, which is not small, you're right, but I think. It's a it's the kind of stack size that Marty may end up. If we have Ace King, if we get a raise in right now, we can probably get all in against Ace King by the river if the board breaks out. If there's nothing scary that comes, all the draws miss. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I guess I do too. I mean, 
we also just don't know what we're trying to avoid and we don't want the action to get shut down even if we don't have to avoid those things by marty then being afraid of like the ten of diamonds coming or whatever so right right yeah there's I like so many bad cards that are going to come i like it too. three ways but hugo decides to call so now now look at the spot carlos finds himself in where he has like 500k to start the street bets 125 gets raised to 300 there's a caller he's got eight nine on the six seven ace two diamond board what do you do Okay, I just, I just thought of one thing, just to rewind a little bit back to Hugo. One reason to call is because you think sometimes Carlos is going to jam. Sure. And then that'll reopen the action. So then we can actually trap Marty for another 200K before we put in a raise. That's okay, not Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's, that's yeah. a reason to do it. Okay. Anyway, but what do we do now as Carlos? Okay, so... Yeah, as Carlos. It's 175 to win how much... There's 600. There's like a million in there. There's more than a million in there. And it's 175. I guess we have to call. How dumb is that? Wait, we should we just jam though? We should just I guess jam. At this I think we should just jam so that we get it all when we get there. Right. Because like, what if we, what if the 10 of diamonds comes? We might not get it all. Right. Right. We might lose these guys. We get the full, if we jam right now, both these guys are calling. We get, we're actually getting the right price to do what one they both call anyway. Like we're yep. actually, it's like fine to get it all in two ways. Assuming no one has the flush draw, which we happen to know they don't, I guess. But like, whatever. Like, so yeah, I guess jamming is better than calling. Right. Like, I mean, like whatever. we're going to have 255K back and there's going to be 1.275 million yeah. in the pot if we call. What's right. the point? What, what, are we even, what are we even doing? Yeah, you're right. Of course. We should just like, let's go. Let's play our draw and hope to get it there. That's, that's where we're at. This anyway, Carlos, check raising would have been better. Anyway, Carlos calls. <laughs> of course he does. He so, doesn't know what he's doing. It's okay. Not everyone yeah. does. He's got a, uh, you know, a fifth of the pot in his stack. We're all, you know, we're all on different altitudes of the mountain of poker. We're all trying to figure it out and no one's at the top and there's more to figure out. And Carlos is probably lower than we are in this particular time. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) speaking of those altitudes on the mountain of poker, we explore many of them in our book, How Can He Fold? Which uh, is 37 tournament hands that we break down decision by decision through fun, exciting, analytical text conversations between me and Jonathan. And I'm talking about those altitudes because we start with the least complex hands, which still have a lot of instructive value, and end with the most complex hands, which will boil your brain into a billion pieces, which is fun. That's a good thing. You want that. I mean, it doesn't sound good the way you say it, but it probably is good, yeah. And the way that like people who are going to do a bunch of drugs or get real drunk say stuff that sounds actually bad, mm. but it's like they mean it in a good way. Like, right. I'm going to get slapped in half till I die from drinking all this vodka. You know, like. <laughs> do people say that? All the time. That's slapped, one of. Slapped in half? Yeah, people say that all the time. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I got to learn that the kid's safe by you. You know, you're the one. I mean, people say like, I'm going to get destroyed or I'm going to get obliterated. Yeah. You know, that doesn't yeah. sound good, but they mean it in a good way. I'm going to blow off my own genitals and eat them. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Right. I don't think anybody says that. This is the ad for our book we're doing right now. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is correct. <laughs> that is correct. The, the, the item that we want people to purchase. And so um, if you want to check out the book, it is a lot of fun. We've got a lot of great reviews on Amazon. Uh, and the people, they enjoy it. They love it. You should love it too. If you want to get it quickly, because you need something to read right now that's easy to do, you go to thepokerguys.net. You can download the ebook right there, have instant access to it. You can also get it on the Kindle app from Amazon. If you prefer the paperback book, you can still order it from Amazon. might take a little longer right now. Not really sure where we are in the world as far as 
Amazon shipping times as the time this podcast gets released. But when we're recording it, it's taking a little longer. Um, either way, get the book, enjoy the book, love the book. Here's a quick uh, review on the book from Amazon from Henry Greenberg, who says, I just received it and read it pretty quickly. I then cashed in my first tournament in almost two years last month. This book is amazing. And there were multiple situations in my tournament. I used something from the book that helped me navigate through disasters. I finished ninth and couldn't have done it without the book. All right. Congratulations, Henry. That's a damn good review. I didn't know about that one. It's a new one. That's exciting. Thank you, Henry. Yeah. All right. Get the book. So, Back to the right. hand. Yeah, really. Get the freaking book. Okay. All right. So, Ace of diamonds, six of hearts, seven of diamonds was the flop. We've had a lead by Carlos, who has a very short stack with eight, nine, got raised by the ace jack of Marty, called by the ace seven of Hugo for top two, and then overcalled by Carlos with one fifth of the pot behind after he calls heading to the turn, which is the eight of diamonds, which yeah. does not actually change who's ahead in any way, but looks scary. Sure looks scary because now there's a three six, ways. seven, eight on the board and three diamonds. So what should Carlos do? I guess just check and you just check fold on this card. If somebody bets, I don't even know. I, I don't know what we're supposed to do on this card. As cards. This is one of the reasons why Hugo's supposed to raise the flop, right? This is what you said. Like a scary card can come and it's going to ruin everything. Like it's going to be so much harder to get chips now. It's also um, the reason that Carlos should move in on the flop instead of flatting. Like it's, this could be a situation where, if, for example, it checks to Hugo and he bets, you might consider folding as Carlos. You could be drawing yeah. dead. And yeah, no, that's a disaster. I, I think, I mean, we only have five blinds, but it sure sucks to be drawing dead in this spot. We probably have to fold if Hugo bets or Marty bets, even honestly. Marty raised the flop. Like one of those two guys usually has a flush if, uh, if they bet, right? Yeah. Usually we're certainly losing to, to these guys anyway, whether they have a flush or not. And we're sometimes drawing dead. We have to fold. We definitely have to fold it if one of them bets, I think. Yeah, that's that's so. this is a big part of the reason why we don't like the way that Carlos played the flop because he puts himself in this yeah. spot. And to your point, it's also tough for Hugo because now Hugo probably thinks at least one of his opponents has him beat at this point when the eight of diamonds comes off. Yeah, at the same point, um, well, I mean, let's we'll get to Hugo when it's his turn, but um but I have things to say about that. But uh okay. So so I guess Carlos is supposed to check and fold to a bet. Yep. Well, he, he does step one. He checks. Marty, I think, can only check as well with his ace jack now getting yeah. called in these spots. It sucks, but that's just the way it is. And nobody has a diamond, by the way, if that wasn't clear. Um, right. Any diamond at all. And Hugo, what should Hugo do? See, Hugo's not as obvious, right? When Marty raises the flop and then does not continue on this turn card, especially when Carlos has five blinds, he rarely has a flush, right? He's yep. usually going to continue on a, with the flush here because it looks, especially if he's got a good flush, which he would rate to have a lot of the time. He was the pre-flop raiser. He's going to have a lot of like king high flushes, like the nut flush. Um, so, okay, once in a while, he's got a set of sixes or, or a set. Once in a while, he's got um, a flush, but mostly he's losing to us right now. He can have hands like ace king with the ace of diamonds. or Sorry, the king of diamonds, ace queen with the queen of diamonds, things like that. Um, I feel like we should at least strongly consider betting as Hugo. We have the best hand most of the time, and we don't care about getting it against Carlos and his five blinds. Like, like we're it's like we're gonna call that river shove anyway if that guy if that guy has it right. Like we're not folding for five blinds. So I don't know. I'm a little worried about getting value, but I'm also worried about 
um, giving a free card to, to both players at this point, if they can have a diamond. Yeah, that's fair. Those are all fair points. I think, uh, I think my default would be to check, but you do make a good point that it seems unlikely that Marty would have a flush at this point when he checks the turn. And Carlos might be the type of guy who's just going to put the rest of the money in, which is not a bad play, by the way, if he, if he did turn a flush, if he had played a flush draw this way somehow. Yeah. So it feels less likely that your opponents have flushes and you really don't want any more scary cards to come off. Right. I mean, now we have a seven, eight, nine, no, sorry, six, seven, eight, and three diamonds on the board and an ace on the board. There's already the board is terrifying and it's, and there's a lot of cards that could come that could make it even scarier, right? A nine, a 10, a diamond, a five, a four are all like scary, scary, scary cards. That's a lot of the deck. Yeah. Like I just don't, yeah, sometimes we're, I mean, look, if we bet and Marty check raises us, we probably have to fold, but yeah, I don't think Marty's going to make it. I don't think Marty's going to make like a big play at us right now. We look like pretty strong when we bet here, you know, yeah. like we have a lot of flushes. So, right. You, you I, feel like, easily, I feel like we should probably bet. Yeah. You could pretty easily bet fold. Wouldn't be a problem. I think so. Well, he decides to check. So I get it. I get it. Crazy. I get it too. So there's still 1.275 million in the pot. And the flop is ace of diamonds, six hearts, seven of diamonds. Turn is the eight of diamonds. River is the nine of diamonds. So now it's just a complete shit show. I mean, we have ace jack for Marty, no diamond. Ace seven for Hugo for two pair, no diamond. And eight, nine for Carlos for the weirdest two pair with no diamond. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this board is exactly why you have to raise early in hands. You know what I mean? When you have good hands, not always, but when you have a very strong hand and the board's sort of wet already or sort of coordinated because the board just like, sometimes the board will really work with you and cooperate and put out brick, brick, but a lot of times it won't. And you just lose so much value. And it feels like that's what's happened here, right? Like this pot was going to be bigger for Hugo to win if he raised the flop, period. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Well, let me just tell you something weird that happens here because it's pretty weird. Carlos moves in. I know. Carlos goes all in for 255K into 1.25 million with uh, 8 9 on the old uh, 6 7 8 9 ace 4 diamond board. Yeah. Breaks my brain a little bit that he did that. He, um, he, I think he thinks he has the best hand. I don't know thinks, what he could get called by. What is this said? possibly a situation? This is the guy that we know misread his hand before. Is it possible that he's misreading the board, doesn't realize that there's four to a straight or four diamonds out there? I mean, he has the nine of hearts. Is it possible he thinks he knows it's red and he thinks it's a diamond, even though the nine of diamonds is on the board somehow? I don't... And he knows he has eight, nine, right? I think he knows he has two pair and he thinks he's up against two aces and he has the best hand and isn't thinking about the fact that they absolutely can't call. Even Well, maybe, maybe he can get a hero call out of one of them, but... I don't see how on this run out. In this run out, it's so hard if you don't have a diamond to call here. It's just well, so here's, hard. Here's the thing. I don't I I think my my guess is that Carlos misread something, either his hand or the board. <laughs> but uh, it yeah. somehow works out beautifully because both of his opponents fold. And let's yeah. let's explore if that should happen. I think it's pretty clear that for Marty, absolutely he should fold. Marty has to fold. No question. Marty, I mean Marty was done with the hand, I think. Honestly, as soon as he raises, gets called, and then the Frickin' eight of diamonds comes on the turn. He's pretty done with it. Yeah. He's just hoping for it to check through on turn in river and be done. Um, so it's an easy fold for him. 
Carlos has a, I'm sorry, Hugo has a tough spot here with a seven. I don't even know if it's even and only five blinds, I guess. It's so cheap, right? That's the I thing. I mean, he's, he's getting six to one. That's a good price. Yeah, that is an incredible price. But how often is our opponent bluffing? Kind of never, right? Seems unlikely. What are the potential bluffs? I mean, like eight, nine is the only one, right? And would he bluff with eight, nine? I wouldn't assume that he would. No, you'd think once it checks through on the turn, eight, nine would be like checking, hoping that nobody bets and be like, maybe I get to win this this way. Like maybe it's I hope like, no one has a diamond. I hope no one has a 10. Maybe it's like ace king against right. ace queen over there. And I have eight, nine and it's going to work out great. You know? Yeah. Maybe it's a uh, six, seven suited against six, seven suited over there. Yeah. I don't know. Something weird. I mean, also like uh, Hugo doesn't have to have anything except an ace when he calls a seven off. He's the guy who probably has ace jack sometimes and calls like the raise on the flop with ace jack. Yeah. Yeah. So like we really could have the best hand, um, but how are those hands going to call? But, like the board hands just can't call us. So, yeah, I think I get why Hugo folds ace seven here. I think I get yeah. it. I mean, the price is incredible, but like it's really hard to wrap your mind around a potential hand that Carlos could play this way that is worse than ace seven. He just happens to have eight nine, which is the weirdest hand in the world, but that's. That's what happened. It's super weird. Uh, the thing that's crazy about this hand is if Carlos makes a different decision, I think on any street, he wins this pot. Like if he three bets pre-flop, he's going to win. You mean Hugo, of course. I do mean Hugo. Thank you very much. Hugo, the guy with A7. If he three bets pre-flop, he's going to win because he's going to get Carlos out of there. Yeah. And he's going to beat Marty one way or another. Whether Marty calls or whether Marty folds, at some point, Marty's going to lose that hand. Um, if he raises the flop, if he raises the flop, so Marty makes it 300 and then Hugo makes it 800, 750, 900, whatever he makes it. Carlos does whatever Carlos does. It doesn't matter because Hugo actually has the best hand right. by, by the end. So it doesn't matter what, what Carlos does. Carlos shoves, he folds. Marty's going to do whatever he does, but ultimately, <laughs> ultimately Hugo's going to win. On the turn, if he bets, I think he probably wins every time. Right, either the guys fold or Carlos goes with it, but if he loses, and on the river he can call. Like every single street, he could have made a different decision that was probably better than what he did, except the river. The river, I understand the fold, um, and he would have won the hand. Yep, that is that is correct. Now let's explore the river a little bit further from his decision cool. point, because obviously we're saying like the hands that make sense, and maybe with a player like Carlos, we haven't seen much of Carlos, but of the two hands I've seen of Carlos, not a ton makes sense. So maybe we shouldn't be thinking in those terms. And he's a guy who, in the opposite way that you have to against a Jason Kuhn type player, you have to use distribution sometimes. So mm. how? Do, so we have to call with a lot of our distribution because we're getting six to one, right? But does well, does this fall in there? Well, let, let me let me say something. I don't think we have to call with a lot of distribution because because. I understand you're saying like maybe Carlos is mis maybe Carlos is like overvaluing things or confused about hand strength, but this is a board where he's just going to have so many straights and flushes without even meaning to like based on the way he played it. I don't think we need to call with like a huge amount of redistribution. All right. Well, let me try to say this again in price. a different, different way okay. against a player like Carlos versus against a player that you are going to understand their decisions a little better. Distribution is more valuable because you can't use your exploitative reasoning and reads easily against somebody whose mind you can't possibly get inside of if he's misreading <laughs> things and not understanding what's going on. So if that's the case, I think, especially when we're getting a price this good, we should at least consider going with our distribution. And 
I think my, my argument is ultimately going to be that we're too low in our distribution to call even given this price, but I wanted to explore it because okay. we do have a lot of better hands than this. Like any diamond right. in our hand, we could easily have a lot of diamonds in our hand. Sure, we can have... Okay, well, let me, let me say this. I don't know if I agree with your premise entirely, but I understand where you're coming from. And let's certainly, let's figure out the distribution part of it. We definitely have uh, some tens in our distribution. We have like ace 10, I think the way we, the way we play this probably. Yeah. We have ace 10, right? We might have 10, seven suited. Eh, probably yeah. not. We probably no, I don't think so. With 10, I think it's suited. just ace 10. Uh, okay, ace 10. Uh, we probably have other aces that are better. We probably have ace eight and ace nine, quite frankly, yeah. the way we play this hand. Um, we certainly have a diamond in our hand a fair amount. Um, do we ever have fives in our hand? Probably not, unless it's four or five exactly. We might have four right. or five. We could have four or five, call the flop raise, turn the straight, but it's a diamond, and then here we are with yeah. the straight. Yeah. So we can have some of that. We, might, we probably don't have ace five, but maybe we have ace five. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, okay, we also have sets, of course, in our distribution. Yeah. If we're going to flat so what hands, seven on the flop, we're probably going to flat sets on the flop too sometimes. Yeah. What hands do we have that are worse that get here, that call the flop raise? Ace six, six, seven. Ace, other big aces, ace jack, maybe ace queen. Yeah. Maybe, um, no, yeah, maybe like ace, maybe some worse aces still like ace four, ace three, ace deuce. I don't know if he's calling those or not. Yeah, I don't know. So we're, you know. That's it, right? We're pretty low in our distribution, but not all the way at the bottom. We're probably low enough that we can probably fold. I yeah, think. I, I think so too. I think we're, I think we can fold even, or like we're close enough that we can fold because coming back to the original thing, I was saying like, even though, even if you, even if I agree with you that Carlos is a little less predictable in some ways, he's not so unpredictable. He's not like so unpredictable and wild. Like, like he, I think when he bets and then calls the raise and only has five blinds back, he doesn't have absolutely nothing or nothing that makes any sense. You know what I mean? Right. It's more than that. Isn't like complete weird air that he's going to make a move out later. <laughs> yeah. Or anything. So, so I think we have to like, so I, so I wouldn't want to lean too much on distribution here anyway, but um, we could lean on it some, but I think we can easily lop this hand off the bottom of it. and say yep. fold. Yeah. I think it's fine. And that's what he does. And somehow Carlos gets to win this, monstrosity of a pot so <laughs> sick playing it that way you know poker is uh, crazy a lot of people say poker reflects life in and you can say that about a lot of things right you can say that about art you can say that about submarines but you know if you want to find examples of it you could you could find patterns anywhere as humans and poker reflecting life just shows this hand just shows like how crazy things are man like you never know what's <laughs> going to happen you never know which decisions are going to yeah. end up panning out for you whether or not they're done with good intent, with, with good knowledge, doesn't matter, man. You just got to ride the wave, the Carlos wave. Dude, Carlos, uh, Carlos starts the hand with 550K. He ends the hand with 1.5 million and doesn't get called by anybody. Yeah. That's so hard to do. It's a tough one to pull off. Like, basically impossible. Well, he but did he it. he does it. He finds a way. Well, here's to us Actually, all finding a way. Although actually, oh no, that's right. I guess Carl starts the hand with um. Anyway, no, that's it's five hundred fifty gigs of the ante, right? Okay. Anyway, yeah, he basically gets a triple up though. I mean, it's pretty yeah. sick. Let's all be Carlos wow. someday. 
I mean, to get to, to be betting and getting better hands to fold when I don't even know if you're meaning to get better hands to fold. That's that's when you're living the, the La Vida Loca. That's, you know? that's the life you got to live. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it.